You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. I have not seen this movie in a very long time. It was one of my favorites growing up as uh, a young adolescent going into teenagehood. I have not seen this probably since college. We're talking about it. I know, I know what you did last summer. Oh, boy. Eric, how the hell are you doing? I'm excited to really dig into this one. I, like you, have not seen it in quite some time. I think I was ex- expecting something different, uh, mm-hmm. but at the same part, it did meet expectations. I got to watch it with Sarah, and she's uh, continuing on with our 90s horror uh, series thing that we're doing this year, and happy to have her back. I, I really thought this movie was going to be scarier after watching Scream last month. I was I now have really high expectations for these movies, and it was less scary movie and more, I don't Did know, myself thriller. or Jordan build this up a bit more at all? I don't think we did, uh, did we? No, no, you guys really built up Scream, but not this one. Okay. Rightfully so. So. Well, Scream was the godfather of this genre, this late 90s. But growing up, this movie came out in, what, 1997? So I was 10. I probably saw it around that time. Um, but I would say probably my, my, like my early teen years, I always thought this was better than Scream because it was only a cast of four and it was a mystery different than Scream. And uh, it, it, it always felt like, oh, Scream, that's for the locals. I know you did last summer. That is the that's the educated movie. I think I was pretentious or something. Um, but looking at it now, it's just like, wow, Jordan, you're dumb, right? Like I was watching this, and the thought occurred to me as I was watching it is like, Eric, how many movies did you watch as a kid? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you must have not have been paying attention to the plot of this, or maybe back then the adolescent mind was just like, yeah, this sounds right. This, yeah. this story seems to make sense to me. Everything well, yeah. seems to fall in line. Maybe maybe, uh, just as uh, Sarah was pointing out as you we were watching it, maybe it was just the 90s. A very weird time. Could have been the 90s. I mean, like, I would I would argue and I know that you would... Okay, fine. I don't know if you guys agree on this one or not. I would say that the cast of four, the four friends or better actors than what we have in screen, I will say that. Well, doesn't mean not saying much. I, well, uh, Sarah, what do you think? I mean, like, I think these four are actually good together. Uh, yeah, I would say they are more attractive as a an ensemble uh, than the characters of Scream. Um, but as better actors, sure, Ryan Phillippe can really be crazy, <laughs> and uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt can be very distressed. But their emotions have no range beyond that. Uh, right. Their acting skills have no range beyond that. Right. I mean, they don't. There, there is no dimension with their characters. But Scream really was. Can we all agree that Scream was really not all that well acted? It was just a big like, oh my god, who done it thing, and it's just like really exciting. Well, some actors were better than than others. Really. And- in okay. that movie, no, they 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 really were. Whether you want them to to kind of be or not, like I'm not I'm not saying that. Of course, David Arquette is a phenomenal actor, <laughs> you know. Like don't don't get that twisted at all. Uh, but like Courtney Cox plays a great bitch in that movie, you know. And 
these characters, I guess, weren't supposed to be dimensional. You know, <laughs> maybe Barry Cox, played by Ryan Phillippe, who kind of oversold it in his crazy. But either way, I mean, everyone was looking good in this movie. Let's t- let's talk about it. Even okay. the hillbilly Ann Hayes. You know, she was she was rocking it too. The Johnny Galecki, he was uh, looking young and hot as well as a fisherman. Come on, now everyone was looking good in this movie, and this is exactly what kind of movie that was. You know, some my bloody Valentine okay. popcorn date movie that draws in like the junior high crowd. It works. You know what? It's, fine, it's horrible. I guess I oh stand God! Corrected. But I, no. I, I totally stand corrected. You guys have changed my mind. They're not better actors. They're just prettier to look at because as you were both talking, I'm, I'm looking at the poster here and Freddie Prince Jr. is looking off of the distance. I'm like, you are the shits in this movie. Mm. You mm-hmm. are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Ryan, what's his name? Philippi. Philippi. Mm-hmm. First of all, the, my wife pointed this out. When they when I don't want to spoil anything right now because we like to go step by step, but he's had a goose egg in this movie the entire time on his forehead. Did you guys notice that? No. That's just Ryan Phillippe. No, I'm I'm dead dead serious. We'll talk about that later. Him and his vein are a combo. (laughs) And Sarah Michelle Gellar, she was... uh, I mean, like, is this the girl that plays Buffy? Uh Yeah. She's supposed to be the she plays a strong, independent, young high school girl in that show. What is this Tara Reed role that she's playing? Good call. I thought she was Tara Reed for a minute. That's all the role called for. And she did it. I was surprised. She was supposed okay. to play what, like the the what? What is the she Tara the queen Reed. of? The high school. The, the queen of the Crawdad Festival. Yeah, a festival. Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> the Queen of the Crawdad Festival. Yes, it. Uh, Queen of the Crawdad. You stupid take it, son of a bitch. Take it seriously, okay? It's a real thing, and traditions are obviously not meant to be broken in this movie. She seems almost upset that she has to do it. Uh, yeah, okay. a, a lot of things uh, about this movie. A small town in North Carolina um, during the Crawdad Festival. Oh, that makes sense. Why everyone's drinking and having a good time? It still is a lot of underage drinking. But they're good looking, so we'll allow it. I want that fish hat. Um, the fish hat stamp. <laughs> By the way, just a little thing I'd like to talk about this real quick for you guys. No, this movie was made for seventeen million and it grossed one hundred and twenty-five. Well, that's why we got the sequel. So, that's why we got the sequels. Um, okay, so right off the bat, okay, so I was confused about the plot because again, <laughs> I haven't seen this. I have not seen this in years. But the movie opens up. And we got this guy with a little, like, necklace spinny thing. And he's, like, drinking, sitting on a cliff. And then, boom, you know, we get the we get the four friends, you know. And the four friends and the prom queen stuff or whatever, the crawdad queen, drinking, having a good time. They decide to go down to Dawson's Beach, which got a laugh from me because this is written by Kevin Williamson. Mm-hmm. And not only did Scream, but also created Dawson's Creek. So I'm like, you're not original, but okay. And it's all in the same they, world, man. Same universe. They have the sex. I think for the first time, Freddie Prince mm-hmm. Jr. and um, Jennifer Love Hewitt got got into the sex. I think that was their virgin night. I didn't, I didn't believe it. These two are, aren't believable as a couple. Um, but that's also just because both of them are uh, dry as toast. Dry as goddamn toast. 
Well, because because he says the okay. First of all, why is there an urban legend scene in d- during the fire pit? Like wrong movie, right? First of all, they talk about it specifically because it, it's a callback to the end shot where we get to see the hook hanging from the net. Isn't it amazing, Sarah? This is written by the same guy who did Scream. I mean, really? Like, That's terrible. Well, lightning does terrible. not strike twice in the same spot, right? This is written by Kevin Williamson. He wrote this, he wrote Scream, and he created Dawson's Creek. This is the same guy, Sarah. <sighs> That's disappointing. There's no there's no self-awareness in this. Like, this is completely, like, this is not a Kevin Williamson script. Well, let's... I can't believe... Hold I'm, on. Hold on. Hold no, on. I, I can't believe I'm okay. going to say this, actually, real quick. Okay. Okay. I, I think we should that and you can do this, Jordan. Talk about the the ending real quick, the plot of this movie real quick, so that we can get into theory of I know what you did last summer. Because okay, so you want me to we, jump all the way to the end. Because we had talked about a little bit, uh a lot of it maybe, more than we should have. Um just really the plot of I mean the how it worked, really. Okay. Only we'll describe it talk. as movie theory of the Okay. Okay. All right, fun. This will be fun, everybody, for the show, because if you haven't seen this movie yet, then I don't know what you're doing. But, okay, so we got these four friends who are partying, drinking illegally, driving drunk, and there was a guy in the beginning of the movie on a cliff drinking as well. A lot of drinking. The friends are driving down the road. Mm -hmm. They hit a guy, and there's liquor all over the car. And they're like, what's going on? And they find this guy. When the camera pans down, you can clearly see that it's not the guy from the beginning. He looks older. They hide the body. They put it in the water. A year later, I know what you did last summer. All the shenanigans ensue. And go off of what Eric said. The ending is, we find out that the killer in the slicker is actually, I believe his name is Ben Willis. Mm -hmm. He is... The father of the daughter who was killed in a car accident accidentally by the fiancé in the beginning of the film who was going to jump off the cliff. Now, the plot says that the reason why that Ben Willis was ran over in the beginning was because he just got back from murdering his wife, uh, his his daughter's fiance. Oh, I did not get that at all. They didn't say in the movie. That's what the plot no. said. Okay. Is that what you wanted me to do, Eric? Well, you know what? Like, yeah, because you know what else would have also made sense is that if the brother did go to to kill himself and ended up well killing himself, the dad just for some reason was, I don't know, going to like the gravesite to visit, and on his way back just kind of got hit by these kids and then was just like man fuck them kids and just like spent a year in his houseboat plotting what he was going to do that really worked out well you know but uh, didn't work out there there's there's either way works that's what i was confused about in this movie is it being benjamin willis the father of this daughter who about this guy who really had really no no correlation otherwise to these four kids. In fact, he had none. Um, yes. That guy and the daughter who was killed, there is no link that connects them to these four kids. Right? No, absolutely because not. Absolutely not. They hit Benjamin Willis separately on, on a different 
occasion, not anywhere in relation to to those two. They are only relevant because the four confused their original victim with being that guy. They confused it because uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, uh, like a year later when they came back from college stuff, she was like, oh, my God, like this guy's body was found days after we could. This was what's his name? David. Yeah, David. 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 It was David. Uh, okay, so we talked about that. And I now the reason why I'm asking Sarah a lot of questions to bring up the the, the episodes here for the fans is because she hasn't seen these. So what do you think of this beginning, Sarah, of the kids getting drunk, hitting the guy, the <laughs> overacting from Barry Cox? <laughs> Just I mean, what do you think of this? The beginning? Uh... I think this whole movie, uh, and because of the actors that are in it, uh, felt like an episode of Scooby-Doo, um, which obviously uh, Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar are in the the live-action Scooby-Doo, but that's what it felt like. You know, Ben Willis is coming along. I would have gotten away with you if it weren't for you meddling kids. Uh, yeah. And so that beginning was just kind of setting it up. Um, you know, he's pissed. He got run down and tossed into the ocean i would probably be a little angry too i might not go try to murder the people who did it to me uh but i'd, I'd be a little angry uh but yeah it's i don't know it's a not great setup but it gets us to where we need to go okay fair point because here's one of the big questions i have to make no sense this this ben willis is just a local fisherman right mm -hmm. he was knocked out when they hit him with the car yes how did he know their names one Two, when it's a year later, how does he know where they live? Yeah. he. I mean, he woke up briefly when, but right before they went to toss him in the water. Uh, right, but they, did, but they didn't say, hey, Julie, hey, Ray. Yeah. I don't know, know like, maybe he woke up when he, they were, he was in the trunk of the car and he heard them talking or something. Uh, but yes, you're right. There is nothing that, that actually tells us why he would know who these people are. No idea why these – and then like later, like at the end of the film – uh, when Jennifer Love Hewitt goes into his his boathouse, she sees all these like stalker photos, and it's like, did you follow these kids in college? Because they all went everywhere. Yeah. That but was... they didn't. He had a recent photo too. Yeah, well, he had a bunch of recent pictures. But Jeff, uh, Jennifer okay. Love Hewitt, yeah, she went away to school and stayed away. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller went, away went for to New while. York for a little yeah. bit and then came back. She was working at the department store. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. was just on the fishing boat, and it wasn't really clear if Ryan Phillippe had gone off to his football scholarship and then come back, or if he just kind of, you know, failed out of school, too. Um, he was just a, well, I mean, he's just a spoiled rich kid, and, you know, he didn't have to do anything. Uh, all I American. Actually, I actually really liked uh, the beginning of the movie when they're on the beach, and she's and Sarah Michelle Geller is on top of him, like kind of like a writing style, and she's just saying all these negative things, of, and it's like she's happy about it. She goes, "Oh, I'm gonna go and do this, and, and you're and gonna you're go gonna, to rehab. Yeah. You're gonna go to rehab, and we're gonna have babies." I'm just like, that is ridiculous, but okay. Um, let's talk about Max, because I'm pissed about Max, and I want to make this. I'm seriously, because I know both of you are totally going to agree. It's been a year later. Julie comes back looking pre-emo goth. Like they 
they fucked her hair up really bad. It was poofy and curly in the beginning, and then she's like straight. She has like bags under her eyes, right? I mean, she looks horrible. Yeah, yeah. she's supposed to. She's depressed. They killed right. somebody for a whole year. Like, okay, whatever. But it just anyway. it changes a person, I would imagine. Man, I, yeah. I've not done it, they, but but fuck, not nobody else. None of the other three seemed to give a fucking shit. And Freddie Prince Jr. was the biggest bitch of them all. He was just like, hey, I am a fisherman. But anyway, oh, he's a sociopath. Look at that face. He doesn't know where he is. <laughs> every yep. every scene is him just in. All right, I'm I'm going off on the rails. He Go ahead, is just a dumb, pretty face. Is he pretty? Yes. Oh yeah, he's boy band Freddy, pretty. Freddie yeah. Prince Jr. is pretty. I'm sorry, but if I had to pick between him and uh, Barry, I mean, oh. I would I would, oh. I would pick Barry. Not, not arguing there, but let's. No, <laughs> okay. not at all. Let's get okay, that straight. Okay. That man can pull off a light wash jeans and a wife beater. All right, all right. Well, let's just making sure we're on the same page here, folks. Oh, yeah. No. All uh-huh. right. Freddie Prince Jr. is chum compared to Barry. Huh? Yeah, oh, yeah, we chum, all. That was, chum, that was the good. Fish, the fish. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so Max. Max is obsessed with, with, with Julie, Jennifer Love Hewitt. It's a year later. She comes back. Everybody's like, oh, it's Max, blah, blah, We get her first kill. And Max, which is the greatest kill of the movie, I would argue, Max is steaming the lobsters or crabs or whatever he has. He can't see in front of him because of the steam. And then this guy in a fisherman slicker comes out with a hook on his hand and gets him right under the chin. Gorgeous fucking shot. What was the reason for the fisherman killing Max? Yeah. There is not one. Not a single one. No. Yeah, that's that's what's confusing about this movie is that Benjamin Willis just goes off on a streak and for no reason, because he has uh, opportunity many times to kill these individuals. And it's like, I, I don't know if he flips a coin or something, but he, he could have killed Barry. He could have killed mm-hmm. Julie. He had plenty time to kill uh, Freddie Prince Ray, you know, uh, and I'm sure... Um, that what's her name? Helen. I have to pull up the script here. Is not too far off too. Like there was ample time and opportunity to kill these people. I don't know if maybe the anniversary of it just like made him snap. If we want to go that route, I wouldn't say that's true because he has a board. Again, cutting back to the piece on his houseboat in his bedroom. Mm-hmm. So like. It's just a weird thing to do. I I don't get this killer. I think it just, they needed something quick. It seems like it was a hasty, they got a, a costume ready, something unique, very off from Ghostface. Mm-hmm. The hook didn't okay. make sense. The hook didn't make sense at all either. No, it didn't because what they were doing, okay, so there's a 1973 novel called I Know What You Did Last Summer, mm-hmm. which... All the, not all, but pretty much almost every single character's name is from this movie's in that. And that is completely different. If you guys want to look it up on Wikipedia or Google, uh, check out the plot synopsis. There's no there's no fisherman with a hook, as far as I could tell. Um, it was just like a mindfuck thing. And I think that's the problem with this movie, is that I think this killer is trying to be Ghostface because that's what's in vogue at that moment in time. You know, so let's give him a fish hook for her hand. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, okay, 
but but the, the whole movie's fucking. You're right, Eric. He stalked after killing Max for no reason, other than hey, I was not really knocked out when those kids hit me. I was paying attention the whole time, and that little shit drove by and didn't help. Ha <laughs> ha. I mean, seriously, that's the that's that's the fucking thought. You know what I mean? So then he yeah. goes. Then after the kill, which makes no sense, he goes to uh, stalk Barry at the gym, and then he's in Barry's car, ready to run him over, and he's just like, "No, I'm just gonna stand over you while you're while he's screaming for help, and present him my hook." Yeah, um, he plays pretty sneaky too, getting into that locker room. The other thing is, when Max gets killed, he's Leaves a lot of blood right. where he's at. And it just seems like everyone there is just like, oh, man, where'd Max go? Uh, all right, then. Well, I guess back to work. Mm-hmm. Is that blood? Oh, back to work. Clean that up. Back to work. Let's go. Sarah, Sarah what do you think of this part? Because I'm, I'm sorry, Eric, but because I, I, I want to know what you thought oh, of the Max kill. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, I mean, it was a good kill. It really was. Um, I enjoyed the blood and gore of it. Uh, but yeah, it was among, I think, a couple other deaths in the movie uncalled for. Yeah, the only correlation I could come up with was he drove by when they killed, supposedly, uh, uh, Ben. Um, there was no other reason for him to die. Uh, and then with the with the Ryan Philippi at the gym, it felt really rushed. Like, he finds the note in his locker that says, I think I know... And then immediately goes outside, and that's when the guy tries to kill him. Uh, it felt like there was no buildup. There was no tension there. It was just, mm-hmm. ha I know. I'm going to kill you now. Um, normally, you let him stew a little bit. Uh, so I was disappointed with that. Um, and then, yeah, it felt kind of dumb that he just let him go uh, to go live his life um, you know, for a few more days. It doesn't make sense, does it? Uh, Eric, we get Psychos and Haish. Uh, 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 Alan DeGeneres' ex-girlfriend, ex-wife in this movie for no reason. Yeah, again, this is completely is she pointless. Uh, she is the sister to the victim, the, the suspected victim, a year ago. Mm-hmm. She's there to put the seed of doubt into the girl's mind when they make the correlation between... Billy Blue, who came to visit Anne Hesh, and Ray. So you get that one moment at the end of like, oh no, you might be the bad guy. All it, That was her only purpose. All it really does show is that she and Ray had a crush on each other, right? Or they were sweet on each yeah. other? Yeah, that's that's about it. I, I Again, all of it really completely pointless. These girls, uh, namely Julie, I guess, too, make some, uh, uh, actually all of them, make some irrational decisions based on, well, really zero doubt. But then again, this movie's just kind of weird, too. Why, again, why wouldn't Benjamin just go to the police if he was got out of the lake? Um, Gets out of the lake, goes to the beach, goes, hey. Hey, I, I got hit by these fucking poor drunk kids last night. Yeah, the, the, look around. <laughs> I mean, but what were on. you doing in the middle of the road? Oh, I was burying the guy I just murdered. 
We don't know if no, no, no. He didn't bury him. He pushed him off the cliff. I just pushed the guy. Okay, I just you know what I mean somebody. because they found his body. Yeah, you know, that's what I think. What happened, and, and that's and and that's actually a bad part of the movie where I think they should have went back and shown at the end where the dude is sitting on the cliff, you know, flicking the little necklace thing. He takes a swig of whiskey, and then Ben Willis comes and it's like, "Fuck you! You killed my daughter!" And their little like tit for tat kind of argument, and then he pushes him. Did I, did I miss that, that part of the in the beginning? Did did Benjamin actually yes, kill? You, no, you just no. missed uh, David sitting on the cliff. That's it, right? right. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just it's just a random dude that's sitting on a cliff. Yeah, and then it cuts to the kids, and the, throughout the movie, yeah. we find out that Anne Hage is the sister of the dude sitting on the cliff. Confirm and, this, then Anne Hage character. Uh, let me see if I can look it up here. Melissa. Missy, yes. Melissa Egan, uh, had told the insurance company this was a suicide, that she can get the money, correct? No, it is not a suicide. You don't That's get what paid she out told if it's a suicide. Them. That's what she, she told them. No, but it was, she no. hid. She said that it was an accident because she hid the note so that they wouldn't know it was a suicide because you don't get paid out on insurance if it's a suicide. Right, but then the camera made it very, very clear to linger onto the note because it's the same handwriting as the killer with exactly. I know last summer notes. That means that that means that Ben Willis came, pushed David off the cliff, wrote a suicide note. Somehow Missy got it, and she's like, "Oh, he killed himself." No, I think he wrote it and got it, and then David was so distraught that he went out to the cliff and he was drinking, and then Ben followed him or something, and then pushed him off. What did the oh, note say? Interesting. It said, uh, I will always remember. I'll, I'll always know. Yeah. Basically, I know what you did last summer. Kind of thing. For, yeah. For David. Yeah. And then David went to the cliff to drink and mm-hmm. be sad that his fiance had no fault of his own. It was not a drunk driving accident. It was just a car accident. It, could it mean that the reason why David killed himself is because he was so distraught over the death of his girlfriend. So maybe he did commit suicide. And no, he uh, didn't. Okay. I mean, like, no. made it very clear. I mean, like, I mean, Ben Willis, the killer, made it very clear that that's oh, not. Oh yeah. What oh yeah. He did say that at the end, right? As far as I know, he said at the end because that's why I put this all Listen, together. Again, it's we went down a lot of tracks in this movie. <laughs> you think? <laughs> so do you think the death of the fiance, daughter, whoever, uh, was actually an accident? Yes. Or okay. I was thinking maybe, you know, uh, Ben blamed David for the daughter's death because they had been drinking or for some reason. Um, it just seemed kind of dumb that he was like, I'm going to kill you for my daughter's accidental death. No, yes, 100%. You know why? Because Gina, God love her. She said, pause. And I pause and we read the article. <laughs> ah, nice. And it was, it was just a, it was just an accident. It was a car accident. Okay. The daughter dies, and then the father of daughter's like, yeah. you know, just pissed. Um, we haven't talked about her in this movie yet. Uh, let's talk about the biggest bitch of all. Uh, Bridget Wilson is in this. <laughs> yeah. She's horrible. She is. Well, she is a terrible person. Again, much like for no reason in this movie, for anything else, right? She just behaves real bratty, real bratty that's not even a good Real word bitchy no worse than bitchy worse i'm not gonna word. say it jordan so neither should you no i'm not gonna say the c word i'm i mean like oh, they're 
there has to be something more clever than the c word. I mean, you're you're looking at something like just righteous bitch. Um, she's mean bitch? Karen, right? Full Karen. Karen. There. Now is she Karen? I don't know, Sarah. I don't know. I'm trying to be cool now. Saying all these words. Is Helen's sister I... a Karen, or is she just a bitch? Um, I don't think she's a Karen. I think she is somebody who is taking over the family business while her younger sister gets to be in beauty pageants and be the pretty one and do all that. And she's stuck running the department store. And so she is resentful. She's jelly. And then we know nothing about the mom, but the dad's drunk with whiskey watching a baseball game. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, letting murderers into the house. Right, let's talk about that. I was so pissed in that scene. I was saying it out loud. I was like, the dad's drinking whiskey, watching a baseball game, a college baseball game as well, because it said NCAA behind the batter. She goes upstairs. Her bitch of a sister's like, I'm a bitch. And then the killer's in the bedroom. Can't believe this is even happening. And then she wakes up and her hair is cut. Really? (laughs) That's how you're going to fuck with her? You're going to get scissors and cut cut her hair? With okay. I know or soon or oh my god soon, that's stupid. That's that's hilarious. Like <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say. It's creepy. You know, she, they're making it seem like it's a it's a horror thing, and it it is just because it's like, oh, that's what's wrong with this guy. What he knows he... he knows that her power comes from her hair. Is it? Because she never once throughout the whole movie was like, "Don't touch my hair." Okay, she's a beauty queen. She has this, you know, she has to hand off the crown the next day. Mm-hmm. So for him to hack off her hair, it's a big deal. I would have reacted in the same way if I woke up and my hair was cut off that way. Kill Max, Scream. no reason, cut off her hair. Yes. Yep. And then also hide Max's crab corpse <laughs> wrapped in Barry's jacket in the trunk of Julie's car? Yeah, I don't this, even know how that works. This uh, did not make any sense to me. And then she runs and tells the boys, and then they come back. And I don't know the time here. I don't know if it's been five minutes. I don't know if it's been an hour. But there is clearly no evidence of any sea creatures at all in Damn. that trunk. Pulled a Richard Jewell there. It's nothing. Do, doing the time from it takes from, from getting to the car to going to warn the people in the house and then coming back to the car. Mm-hmm. In broad daylight, right with neighbors, Benjamin would have right. to pull up back to the car. He'd have to break in to the car, so he must have an extra set of keys. I can only imagine. So uh, he has to then get everything out of that car, all the crabs, as they're moving, live crabs, and then his, the dead body again, broad daylight, and that trunk was was clean. That was oh, it's clean. It was spotless. beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was great. Mm-hmm. Eat and, off of it. Yeah, so uh, he had time to obviously uh, dry that off real quick, wipe it down, and then drive off. And then somehow, I mean, dedication. And and again, people who are listening to the episode, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you have. Why this is ridiculous that the car is parked in the middle of the suburbs, all around the car, 360 is houses. Yeah. And this is happening in broad daylight. And then we get the classic Jennifer Love Hewitt, what <laughs> are you waiting for line. <laughs> and then she sticks out her chest. This is where she gets the name. Sarah, do you know her nickname? And I, I didn't don't. make this up. 
I did not make this up. Her nickname is Jennifer Love Huge Tits. Oh. It might just uh, be a Eric, porn star. Eric was pl- practicing that line uh, this afternoon. Do you think they're so, big? I don't. I don't think they're big. I don't think they're big. No. Gina thought that uh, Gina thought that Sarah Michelle Gellers was bigger, or was it the other way around? They're not huge. I don't think either of them. I don't personally don't think but, either of them uh, are known for it. But I, I don't know. I wasn't looking too closely at their their boobs. I guess. Well, see, don't let's see. This is the scene why she gets that name. Ah. Uh, it's because you know she has this. She has this V neck. This this V neck. This this V neck. Midriff. Gina pointed uh-huh. out the midriff a lot in this yes. movie. She's like, wow, it's the 90s, the midriff. Uh-huh. And then she like puts her hands out Jesus style and kind of like hunches over. And the cameraman doesn't like do anything with the camera. He just stays there. And yep. then all you see is just nothing but Jennifer Love Hewitt's boobs. And it's supposed to be this traumatic scene, this, this traumatic, this dramatic, like, what are you waiting for? Like, why are you fucking with us? Scene like it's supposed to. You're supposed to feel it, but all you're doing is your head's moving up and down because yeah. you're just praise like, that oh, camera. They man. are. Yeah, there uh, they are. I they did multiple takes of that one. That's for sure. And they tried to get uh, the uh, they optimized which mm-hmm. frames they were going to be using for that movie. The reason why I bring it up so we can move on is just it's just ridiculous. She gets the name Jennifer Love, huge tits. I mean, sure, I guess. It was just a stupid way, the way that she contorted her body, the line delivery. It was very flat. This is supposed to be the big moment. You can clearly tell. And it it just felt very, very flat. Um, What also is flat is the next scene, we get the parade of the crawfish queen, and she's right on her float, and then she's like, oh, every man with a slicker could be the killer. Until the guy in the roof yawn, like just oh, that was not good. Guys, have any opinions about that stuff at all? Because it was really stupid. No. No, it's it's all Nobody. okay. Yep. Let's okay. Do. All right. I was questioning why Ryan Phillippe was sitting on the front of that float for no reason, with his like gashed up face, uh, and then of course she thinks he she sees him the slicker. Ryan goes running after him, and of course it's not the right one, because every man in early July in North Carolina is wearing their full slicker boots ensemble to the parade. Yeah. Sarah, I'm actually glad you brought that up. This is probably perhaps my top ten worst horror slasher killer outfits. Like, this is bad. Look. I mean, I mean, this is really. I mean, ghost ghost face is scary because you could buy that back then before Scream and now after Scream at any Halloween shop. So yeah. that's what makes it scary. Who sits there, Kevin Williamson clearly, and says, "A killer fisherman." That's what we're gonna do. I mean, like this is worse than Urban Legend, in my opinion. I mean, like Urban Legends was just a hoodie. Remember that, Sarah? Oh yeah. I mean, this is probably so far in this moment in time in this retrospective series. This is probably the worst outfit a killer has worn. What about what, do you guys uh, think? what about Happy Death Day? You don't like you like the baby. The baby's so much better than Happy Death Day because that movie's not supposed to be taken seriously. I mean, that movie's supposed to be a joke. So, okay. I mean, like I mean, the, but this movie, this movie, is supposed to be taken seriously, and we're talking about a dude having a hook. And a slicker. So then we get the next kill of, of Barry on the balcony. 
Okay, so Gina called bullshit on this one. <clears throat> Excuse me. So let's just paint the scene step by step here, folks. So Barry is up on the balcony like they were in the beginning of the film, making sure that, you know, Helen's protected. And she's supposed to pass her crown off to the next queen. And by the way, they're supposed to be high school girls. Those women were not high school girls. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. They not were so much. Not. No, no. Not even, not even, uh, not even a twenty-five. Those women were pushing thirty. <laughs> so Barry's up there, and then the killer comes up behind him, and then Helen sees, and she's screaming that he's killing him, and then the killer straddles him and gets him a few times. Terrible shots. Don't look good at all. He's stabbing him a bunch of times with this hook. And then the she goes downstairs to the audience, and then the cops like, let's go up and see. Well, from the time the killer killed Barry, from the time the cop and Helen goes upstairs to the balcony, it's probably a good minute, probably less. And my wife pointed out, she was like, where's the blood? Yes. And yeah. where did the killer go with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I screamed the, the same thing. And you that did? cop, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that cop did a like a minor sweep at best. You know, he, he like went to the other steps, had a flashlight, didn't see any blood flash on the on the railing that was on the other side of that the stairs. That was dripping. That was dripping, dripping yeah. blood. It, it didn't even like flash. This should have been, I, it was just an, an oh my God moment there. And you know what? He dies later. So that's what happened, you he, idiot. He gets a good kill. He gets a good kill. And again, I, 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 I bring this back, guys. This is the same guy who wrote Scream. And that was a tight script. This is all over the place. So then we get, yeah, like, like Helen gets escorted by the cop to go back home. And there's a roadblock. Of course there is. He has to go down the alley. Guy has car troubles. He goes up. Boom, it's the fisherman. He gets hooked. I enjoy that. I actually really enjoy that. That's probably the third best kill uh, in the whole movie. Like, that was cool. Um, she has to escape. Now we get our, our quote unquote virgin girl running in her underwear away from the killer and all these slasher movie stuff. Like this is good. Now this is fun. Do you guys share that with me? This whole department store chase. This is fun. This is what a slasher movie supposed to be, right? Oh, Sarah, um, what did what did you have to? What did you find out about this part? This the. Oh, this was ranked one of the best or the best uh, horror mo- movie chase scene ever. I mean, like ever out of a hundred. Um, I'm going to look this up. Continue. I will report back. Okay, because I'm just like because it was important because it was not good. So I'm that's like, when it officially starts, right? After yeah. he after he kills this cop. By the way, with this hook that he has, is able to do a whole lot of one hit kills. It just without and the the people are just compliant like it happens no squealing <laughs> you know they're just like oh this is happening i'm just gonna hang on this hook here now it's like there's no kicking there's no screaming there's no panic they're just like ah and then they get on the hook and it just kind of seems and again with yeah just it i wanted more and, and better kills that chase scene though as we will find more out uh about later here was starting from that point it was on and I like yeah. that at least Sarah Michelle Gellar, that uh, Helen, excuse me, at least was not wearing shoes at some point. Like she's just like, nope, I got ditch these. These are out. And uh, 
she's a fighter. Like, there's your your fighting spirit right there too. She lasted a bit uh, a while too. Only ended up uh, to be killed in public during a parade, which seems to be a very reoccurring thing in this movie. Is just public killings. This guy prefers it. I don't know if he's he's trying to, I you know he has the chance to do it in private, but it always like no, I want an audience. It's got to be voyeurism here. Well, it's bullshit though, Eric, because we didn't even see the kill, and that's and, and that's the worst thing. Is everybody we've seen a body, which we see her body layer, but all we see is her running up and down the department store. Her sister gets really gutted, which is great. Like that one cool shot mm-hmm. of the sister, like just lying with a hook in her and he's dragging her yeah that was a cool shot that that that's your poster right there you know like that is cool that's the only great compliment i can give that movie because it's just like oh god that's fucked up but then she somehow escapes and she goes through an alleyway and then she's in an alleyway full of tires because everybody does that clearly and then like all we see is her just fighting we don't see the actual kill shot there's no money shot. There has to be a money shot. And there's none. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know where. Well, uh, maybe they ran out of uh, red syrup, wherever the hell they were using. <laughs> uh, so the find? chase scene involving Helen is regarded as one of the best chase scenes in a horror film by many horror slash slasher film fans. I'm like, who are these people? Because I would not agree with that. It was good for the movie, but not good in overall horror movie escapes. Maybe, maybe. I mean, okay, let's just think about it, because because I'm, I'm not trying to make this this episode longer than what it needs to be, but let's actually think about this. This movie is very, very dry. It's not a huge body count, right? Mm-hmm. But since you just said that horror fans think this is one of the top slasher chases, this is the only part of the movie where I feel my adrenaline is going, to a certain degree, of course. It's like, Oh my God, there's the cop. Oh, kills mm-hmm. the cop. Let's kick the window out. Now I'm going to run into the department store. The killer's right behind me. I get in. Hey, sister, listen to me. This is what's going on. Boom, sister gets fucking killed. She goes down. She goes up. She goes down. Killer is wrapped in this plastic mannequin shit. Boom, pops out. I mean, that is a good, what, 10-minute sequence of nothing but chase? I mean, like, that's the best part of the movie. Yeah, uh, it's sure. it. If you want to give it that, it's uh, it's laughable. I like that's why I, I think this movie is starting to be enjoyable. Actually, as I watch it, and it was fun to watch it with you, Sarah. It, that we were able to make fun of this movie. This mm-hmm. guy, Benjamin, doesn't want to run. He just wants to walk at a steady pace. <laughs> Maybe that slicker is preventing him from getting those knees up. But he goes and he's. Obviously, doing a Jason walk to her. Uh, the other part of it is her banging on the on the the door, like in a panic, in a real scare to her sister, and her sister just like, mm, "Hold on, let me go get the keys." Uh, hold, hold on. Why are you freaking out? And she's just, you know, panicking for her life. It's just like this sister, no sympathy that that she died. Jesus, you know, well, manager or not. Jordan, that's just a human move right there. That was some bullshit. Uh, but I, I love it's bullshit, yeah. Yeah, after that, the other part of it, too, I think it was just the killing in those tires while during a parade while the fireworks are going off. And then the next scene... And the scene, marching band is walking by. And the next scene, uh, you just hear, like, the one drum and the one <laughs> horn. Just, like, it was funny. Well, 
my last little gripes, we can move on to the climax, is that when you get like, uh, you know, like when you get in the middle or towards the end of Friday the 13th, same with like Halloween and, and, and also Nightmare on Elm Street, the killers are like superhuman and they do these crazy things. Ben Willis is a dude. So for him to do the Jason walk and just appear out of nowhere really frustrates me because it's like there's no mythos to it. There's no mystery behind it. Like, I mean, like, this dude is just a dude. And there's like no way some of the stuff would happen the way it does. But then Julie uh, gets back with Freddie Prince Jr. And that, well, Ray, and he's just like, we have that stupid moment where it's like, hey, 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 I saw Scream. The boyfriend's the killer. And they're like, they have that moment where you think he's the killer. Remember that? And it's yeah. just like, what are you doing? And then she gets on the boat. And I love Ben Willis. He's like, get to the boat, child. Yes, like, I'm not going to get on the boat of the person I know, but I'm going to get on a stranger's boat. That's okay. Yeah, get on the boat, child. It's like, what? Yeah. What? What? She gets on the boat. She walks into the, I don't know, like, like the bedroom or whatever. There's all these pictures. And she has to, like, if it was me... If I see one picture of me in my everyday life on the phone, I would not sit there and look at 20 other ones. I would go, hip, and jump off the boat. Yes. Jumping off the boat was clearly not an option. There was that moment when he was like taking off, and she's probably, what, maybe a good 20, 30 feet away from the dock? And she's just like, mm -hmm. oh, man, what, can, what could I possibly do right now? There's, I, I'm stuck on the boat, and yeah, jump off the, we were just screaming, jump off the boat! <laughs> yeah, just jump off the boat. He turns the boat on, they start floating away, and then Freddie Prince Jr. is like, hey, I'm going to get on another boat, and Starsky and Hutch the shit, and just get on it, and, and then, then, yeah, walk this, everything. Just walk, it, it, dude, like, what really pissed me off, guys, what, like, maybe just furious with this movie, is that this, this little Forrest Gump shrimp boat is now a film set because she goes down like three fucking deck layers. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how. Like, this boat is huge. That's, and that's what I said. It's, right? It was so frustrating, Eric. It's like, this is just a shrimp boat. Like, what the fuck? And, and of course, you know, we get into this flooded hallway and she gets into this ice uh, thing for the, clearly for fish. And that's where her dead friends are. And it's like, oh, God. Some puppet work there, too. Uh, A-plus, prosthetic department. You nipple nailed it. Moment. Nailed we're, it. We're we are missing a nipple moment, right? No? Anybody? The uh, I thought I caught a nipple towards the end. I mean, like, Jennifer Love Hewitt is known for the big breast. She's wearing a V-neck shirt. You would thought yeah. that they would like like Rachel from no, Friends I that. Think, I think you guys are talking no. about the same scene then. No, I think, Jordan, you're talking about it in the ice, right? Well, that's where it would be, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it should have been. That's where I was expecting yeah. it. But I thought I saw it later after I think her and Ray are out on the boat. And I think... Uh, ben has just gotten tossed over and her shirt has like pulled down and we actually stopped and rewound and you know slow motioned it and it I, might have been like a pasty I don't know I thought I saw a nipple actors if all we care about is if you, if you show a nipple maybe you should rethink your career yes um, so you know the big reveal comes you know like something that we've already spoiled in the beginning who Ben Willis is and all that bullshit 
And then Freddie Prince Jr. comes and saves the day again, and he wraps a rope around the killer's hand, who's holding the hook, and flies him up in the air, and it cuts his hand off, and he gets thrown overboard, but the killer's hand and the hook is still there, and Jennifer Hewitt loves Ray, and she completely forgets about her friends, which she just saw five minutes ago in the ice, and the police believe him. There's no body, right, Eric? No body, no death. Nobody, no death. So the police believe him, and they're like, oh, there was so a killer here. But all we see is like a guy's hand with a hook, and there's two of you, and your friends are, you know, like, that seems like that would not stick. We jump forward a year later. She's in college. Ooh, she's in uh, college in Boston, and then she gets into a nice steam shower. And, of course, written on the walls is I still know and uh, a black-coated figure jumps through <laughs> and gets her very stupidly into the sequels. Before we close the show out, Sarah, do you want to know about the sequel? I've never seen the third one, but do you want to know about the second one? I read about the second one after we watched the first one because I was curious. <laughs> you know, nobody, no death. Did Jennifer Love Hewitt get killed at the end of this movie, which obviously mm. she didn't because she is right there, center on the... Uh, movie poster for number two right so yeah the second movie opens with this and it was and it was a dream sequence of course oh which would explain why the the words did not drip from the steam right so so you read that uh the sequel did you find out who the mm-hmm. killer was in the sequel uh it was uh the girl's brother no so what it is is that or is that the third one I, I probably the third one. I've never seen the third one because after the sequel, I was like done. Uh, but Jennifer Love Hewitt's in college, and she has her best friend Brandy, mm-hmm. um, and they win a contest to go to the Bahamas. Let's just say for a, a weekend getaway for free. And there's this guy like a Max character that's trying to court her, but she's like, no, I got Freddie Prince Jr. back where I'm from. That's you know. And they go to the uh, they go to the island. Jack Black is there, and he plays a Jamaican with dreadlocks, and he's a stoner. <laughs> you need to see it just for that. Oh wow, that sounds uh, great. Jack Black even says, "Come on, man!" Like totally. No. Oh, it's it's absolutely amazing. That's great. And you know, there's only like a few people left on the island because of the storm. So the killer comes and kills everybody. And the big twist at the end of the sequel is you find out that Ben Willis is back as the killer, but he doesn't have, but he has an actual hook for a hand now instead of <laughs> just his hand. Yeah, that's and, what I was expecting. And that nerdy Max character that's always trying to court her. Well, mm-hmm. you find out that he's actually Ben Willis's son. Correct. And this whole thing was a ploy to get her to the island so they could kill her. Yep. That's Sounds the sequel. Great. I still know what you did last summer. Terrible title. Are you saying that he killed his own son? No, like I mean, like him and his son were in cahoots together. Oh, and his son. Think of his son like the Max character in this movie, where it's like, "Hey, Julie, I'm your friend," and I'm like dark and and like mysterious. Oh, goodness. You know, okay. love me. You know, and she's like, "No, you know, I got, I got, I got my boyfriend Freddie Prince Jr. here." You know, and he's like, "Okay." You know, and then at the end, it's revealed that, you know, that he is now the killer with his dad. And Micaiah Pfeiffer was there, too. So yes. 
the third one is called I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. Yes, it was. <sighs> That's <laughs> Lord. Uh, on July 4th in the small Broken Ridge, Colorado, teenagers Colby and his girlfriend Amber and their friend Zoe, well, whatever, play a mm. prank with the legend of the fisherman. Uh, oh, it's a legend now? It's a legend. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, however, when PJ jumps in with his skateboard, there's an unexpected accident and PJ dies. Uh, the group stays together and makes, you know, they do the whole make a secret pact thing. One year later, Amber receives I Know What You Did Last Summer on her cell phone. And she gathers her friends who made the pact. Uh, they find out that PJ's cousin, Lance, also knows what they did. Um, that was convenient. Thanks, storyline. Uh, sooner they find that a dark man wearing slicker is chasing them with a hook to kill each one of them. Written by some guy in Brazil. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah, that's why there will never be another one. That one was not released in theaters. That one was straight to video, as you would imagine. Let's get into it here. Eric, what is your popcorn rating for I Know What You Did Last Summer? I mean, I had fun watching this movie for the wrong reasons. But it's still there. It's going to uh, stay in pop culture. Like, this is kind of one of those nostalgia kicks now. A lot of parents are going to say, hey, watch this. You know, it's going to live in the in this realm of well of the 90s horror genre you know it's up there it's it's earned its spot just because of the beautiful people um and maybe just because of how bad this movie is i think there are some real bad reviews or everyone really shits on this movie and and i would just have to agree none of it made sense the killer if there was just a a touch a touch a bit more motive then i think i'd be more on bond with uh, or on board with this movie there just wasn't like it was just a weird story um did it need to make sense no again this was um opening during a november a holiday season release kind of right around the uh, the october kick um it just got bad reviews but like you said it made a lot of money and these people look good you know that's that's all this movie needed to be it's a small bag i'm not gonna be in line to watch this thing again, but um, it worked. Oh, it was, this one was released in October. I was like, yeah, I still know what you did last summer. But no, uh, small bag. It's it's a garbage movie, but it's still fun to watch. Eric, I could not agree with you more. I mean, like, 13-year-old Jordan is kicking 34-year-old Jordan right now, because I used to love this movie a lot. I thought this movie was great. But going back to it after years, probably 10, 12 years, and and seeing this movie again is just like bad acting, bad storytelling. Why could it be just simple? Why could I mean Scream had its moments of craziness, but it was a simple story to a certain degree. With this movie, why couldn't it just be, hey, you ran me over, you thought you killed me, but I'm coming back. I mean, why can't it just why had this convoluted plot of a father to a daughter and a sister and just all this nonsense. Why couldn't it just be a simple, stupid slasher movie? Why have that convoluted bullshit? And I think that's what takes me out of it. Um, the acting wasn't great. At the beginning of the episode, I actually said I thought it was better than Scream, but you guys convinced me otherwise. They're just pretty. And and, and Freddie Prince Jr., 
I don't know what's better, him or his face in a plastic bag. I, I, I they're, they're both horrible. I, it's just it's just horrible acting, and I'm actually disgusted about it. But a small bag because I did praise some things about it, and I, I just can't give it a no bag because of that. So it's a small bag. I'll revisit this in the future when my daughter's 12 or 13 years old. Hey, this is what Daddy used to watch. I'm sorry. Eric, not Eric, Sarah, what do you, what do you, what's your popcorn rating for? I know what you did last summer. Oh, you guys are so harsh. I'm going to give it a medium bag. I, I enjoyed it for its ridiculousness. Um, I read a review that called it the dessert to Scream's main course, which I could see. Um, I, it was dumb, but I mean, we're not looking for a great movie here. Uh, and so, you know what? It's a solid medium bag for me. Simple and sweet. There we go. Like yeah. just medium bag for her, small bags for Eric and I. Next month, we'll be back for another another episode continuing our late 90s horror. Uh, I'm excited for the next next month one. I don't know if you know what we're doing yet, Sarah, but it's, it's going to be fun. You're going to enjoy this one. Yay. This one, I think, is going to be the... No, Blair Witch is going to be the scariest. This is going to be the second scariest one out of the whole thing, I would say. Maybe. Don't think, I don't oh. think Scream was uh, the scariest? No, I think this one's going to be a bit more because we're going to be dealing with Ghost more. But we'll see. Maybe, maybe, but again, because I've been seeing this in 10 years as well. So we'll see. Do like a good ghost story. Love a good ghost story. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can check us out always at movieguyspodcast.poppy.com on all the social media platforms. And also, if you like this episode, continue to download us on all your social platforms for podcasts and all your podcast needs. Eric and Sarah, thank you so much for joining me, and we'll be back next month for another retrospective episode of the late 90s. Have a good night.